This is Big Podcast. It's Build a Big Podcast, the marketing podcast for podcasters. I'm David Hooper. Every week, I've got a newsletter that goes out about marketing for podcasters. It is about growing your audience, making impact with your message, making more money with your podcast. You can find it at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. This episode of Build a Big Podcast is the audio edition of that newsletter. Everything that I'm talking about is linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. If you want to go there, you can follow along. Here's what we will be talking about. Canned responses. It piss people off. I've got something you can do instead. Seven ways podcasters can use AI tools to get new listeners. In fact, we can call this the AI issue of Big Podcast Insider. I'm talking a lot about that. Six steps to get guests to promote your podcast. How great would that be? Every single podcast episode you release, it gets promoted by the guest you interview. I'm going to talk about how you might be able to make that happen. You want to see something scary? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. I got something for you. Cast Magic, automated episode notes, and more. One of two AI tools I'll be talking about on this episode. Bad guest pitches. How many of those have you gotten this week? I've got some classified ads for you. I've also got some thoughts about Rockin' Pod. I just got back. Rockin' Pod is an event for music and entertainment podcasters all about podcasting and rock and roll. Every year it's in Nashville, another great event. I will talk about that. This episode is brought to you by the leading platform to record studio quality remote podcasts and videos, Riverside.fm. 70,000 people and companies use Riverside.fm, companies like Spotify, the New York Times, to make their podcasts sound great. How does that work? It's because it records locally on each participant's computer, then uploads those files to the cloud. I just did a remote interview. This guy was in Jersey, old Jersey in England, very far away from where I am in Nashville. And it sounds like we're in the same room. It's amazing. You can try it for yourself. Riverside.fm. Get in there, play around with it, record your podcast. You're going to be amazed by it. Riverside.fm. When you try it, you like it, you want to keep it. This is the discount code. Big podcast, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That's going to get you 15% off. The URL, Riverside.fm. The discount code. Big Podcast, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. I talked about the newsletter, Big Podcast Insider. It's at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. If you go there and you're following along and you're wondering when I'm switching from story to story to story, here's what you're going to hear to let you know. Just like an old school kid's book, when it's time to turn the page, that's when you know it's time to move forward. Canned responses piss people off. Here is what to do instead. This is something that is so common and it's content creators, podcasters, people like you and me, thinking that they're being clever, but they're too clever for their own good. For example, having a canned response for everything. I see a lot of people getting into coaching, mentorship, or just trying to engage with people. And they got a video for everything. You go to them with a problem. Well, this part of my body itches. Okay, I made a video on that. Here you go. Let's say you've got a question about podcasting. David, I've got a problem with popping peas. Well, I made a video about it. Here you go. David, I've got a problem with background noise. I got a video about it. Here you go. David, I don't have enough listeners. Here's a video about it. Okay, right. I get it. I get it. It solves the issue and it might solve your issue, but I use those examples because I want you to think about if you came to me with an issue and I said, I've got a video about it and I don't answer anything else other than I've got a video about it and then I link to the issue. That doesn't acknowledge the person that's reached out to you with an issue that they trust you to help them fix and what they are going through. 
It's almost like doing an interview where you've got your questions laid out ahead of time and you're not listening to the person that you're asking those questions to. You're just trying to get through a list. That's what canned responses look like. I just got to go to the next guy. Here's your response, your response, your response. You think you're being efficient, but I want you to think about what it's like for somebody to come to you, somebody who likes your podcast, and maybe it's something simple like, hey, I like your podcast. We get messages like that. I hope you're getting messages like that. Thank you very much. That's it. Give them a little bit more, second or third sentence. You know, we're living in a world, (laughs) a very sensitive world, where if people think you're being short with them, they're going to be like, oh, that guy was very aggressive. Like, (laughs) you put a period at the end of your sentence on a text, some people think that's aggressive. (laughs) So you can imagine if you're short with your response on social media, they're like, whoa, whoa, are they trying to blow me off? Give them an extra sentence or two. That's basically what I'm getting at here. I'm not saying that canned responses are bad but let the person that you're responding to know that they have been heard. Hey, John, thanks for writing. I actually did a video about this. Here it is. If you've got any more questions, let me know. Something like that. Not just, hey, I made a video about it. Here's the answer. Say what you will about Twitter. And there's a lot of craziness going on with Twitter right now. So there are a lot of things that you could say about it and they might be true. (laughs) But one of the great things about it is because everybody only has 280 characters, a limited response field, people aren't going to be as agitated with you when you give a quick response. Still though, it's nice if you can add that second, third sentence. You can squeeze a couple sentences in 280 characters. Make that short message that you send as personal as a long one. In this episode, I'll be talking about more ways to get more from the work that you do making the most of your time on Twitter, your interactions, the episodes that you release. I talked about getting guests to promote those episodes. I'll be going deeper into that. Really quickly, I mentioned Rockin' Pod, just getting back from Rockin' Pod. It's a great event, man, especially for somebody like me. I do an entertainment-related podcast. It's called Music Business Radio. This is actually what got me into podcasting. Some people will put radio in their podcast title. The reason it's called Music Business Radio is it's actually a broadcast show. We went into podcasting after the fact didn't treat it like a podcast so much. It was basically a radio show that we distributed via podcast. And there are subtle differences. I talk about them here. I've got that show. And because of that, Rock and Pod is the perfect event for me. All sorts of great musicians there that I can get interviews with. Also, obviously, this podcast, Build a Big Podcast, a podcast about podcasters, a ton of podcasters there that I can connect with. And that was a lot of fun seeing niche podcasters and even hyper niche podcasters. I'll give you an example of one. Fans in Motion. That might not mean anything to you, but if I talked about the song Man in Motion, so yeah. if you're my age, you know that Night Ranger is the band. These guys have a podcast about Night Ranger. Fans in Motion, all about Night Ranger. Night Ranger was a big act. They sold tens of millions of albums. They're still on tour. They're doing very well. You might know the song Sister Christian. That's Night Ranger. But even with that success, you might think, do they really need their own podcast? I mean, it's been a while since we've heard from Night Ranger, at least if you're not a super fan. Well, yeah, yeah. There are a lot of podcasts like that. And there are a lot of people that want to listen to a podcast like that. And going to Rockin' Pod, you see these guys. They've got hyper niche podcasts. Even if you're not in the music industry, the entertainment industry, and you're not doing a podcast about that, it's super inspiring, man, because you're seeing how these guys are funding themselves. 
You're seeing how these guys are getting ideas for episodes, how they're getting interviews, because they go deep. If you want something narrow and deep, look at the hyper-niched rock and pod type podcast. Anyway, a great event, probably about a thousand people there. I was in charge of the education stage running that. On the last episode, I talked about Larry Roberts being there. He was originally the MC. He was going to be doing some of the moderation. Well, Larry was not able to make it, so I had to step in, not only emceeing, not only moderating my panels, but also moderating his. It was still great, man. A lot of work, but absolutely a great event. This is the kind of stuff that really inspires me. I work with a lot of bigger shows. I work with a lot of bigger artists. And when people talk about a guest, I was telling this story at Rock and Pod, and it's worth saying before we move on with the episode. I'm not necessarily interested on music business radio in interviewing a huge guest. Let's say I had the Rolling Stones in. Now, I'm not going to turn that down. The Rolling Stones are fantastic. But when it comes to my audience, which is a lot of musicians, it's like, yeah, they're going to be inspired by the Rolling Stones, but the Rolling Stones have done a ton of media. What would really help my audience and probably help them more than the actual Rolling Stones talking about themselves is to have somebody who is in the trenches as a guest making money now, however they're doing that, and doing something that my audience, listeners of Music Business Radio, could replicate. And that's one of the things I like about Rock and Pod. It's great when we can talk about, well, Mark Marin did this, and Crooked Media did this, and Serial did this. But as an independent podcaster, I want to see the guys who are in the trenches. What are they doing? What are they doing to get more people in a Patreon membership? What are they doing to build the mailing list? That's the kind of stuff that I can actually use. And I bring this up not only to follow up about Rock and Pod, because I talked about that on the last couple of episodes, but I've also talked about small versus big podcasts. Sometimes those smaller podcasts, if you've got a small podcast, a small niched out podcast, those are the guys that you can learn from. So consider that as you're learning how to podcast or how to make money with a podcast, or just looking for opportunities on how to make money with your podcast. Consider what the guys who are in the trenches are doing. It doesn't really matter what Crooked Media does or iHeartRadio does. Those guys have bajillions of dollars to throw at something. And we can look at something like the Will Ferrell podcast or whatever it's called, Anchorman podcast or whatever it is. So, oh, that guy's successful. He's got millions of downloads. Yeah, but is it making any money? Will Ferrell's probably making money. But is iHeart making money? Is Podcast One making money? Crooked Media, are they making money? They've got a lot of money they're throwing at stuff. I talk about making money, not just spending it. So if you're interested in that, keep listening. More thoughts on canned responses, rock and pod, small versus big, linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. We're talking about AI, seven ways podcasters can use AI tools to get new listeners. AI is the latest buzzword. You might write it off as a buzzword, but the tools available to us, the AI tools, they really are powerful. I just did an interview for this podcast with Cody from Swell AI. It got me thinking about the ways that podcasters can use these tools to create better podcasts, but also how we can use these tools to promote our podcast. So I've got seven ways to put ChatGPT and other similar tools to good use to create better episodes and also grow your podcast audience. Number one, create written transcripts and episode notes. These will improve your search discoverability and general accessibility to your podcast episodes. I talked about Swell AI. I've talked about it here because they're a sponsor of the podcast. 
Also, Cast Magic. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. 39 bucks for Cast Magic. These tools are coming down in price. They're more accessible. And these two tools together, Swell AI, they've got a free version that you can use, and Cast Magic, a low-cost AI tool, they will do what I'm talking about, help you create written transcripts and also episode notes. Number two, automate the writing of social media posts, highlight reels, and other promotional content to increase engagement. You can do that through ChatGPT. The tools that I'm talking about, Swell AI, Cast Magic, they will also do that. They work in a similar way. You upload your podcast audio. It spits out the episode notes for you. It spits out the promotional content for you. One click and you are done. It is that easy. Number three, create written blog posts and articles from your podcast, directly from that content, to drive traffic to your website. Swell AI does that. You upload your audio and they'll get you right in that sweet spot. 1,900, 2,100 words per article for every episode that you're giving them. It's quite amazing. You can check it out. It's linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Number four, generate topic ideas, organize research, and help write scripts, making it easier to create high-quality episodes. You can create episodes all day long, but people want to listen to what they want to listen to. ChatGPT, a perfect tool for you to come up with great episodes that your audience wants to listen to. Number five, enhance the production quality of your shows through AI-powered noise reduction and audio editing tools. I've talked about these on here before. If you go back into the archives, newsletter.bigpodcast.com, got a few of them. Adobe right now has one for free. You can take a phone call, and a phone call, it sounds different from how I sound now. It sounds a little thinner, sounds like AM radio. It's super compressed, and the reason it sounds that way, because it's less data going through the phone lines. We simply didn't have the technology to sound this good like we do on microphones through a telephone. What AI does, it'll take that telephone recording, for example, it knows the missing frequencies, it puts them in. How does it do it? AI, artificial intelligence. More information, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Number six, personalize the listener experience with AI-generated content tailored to specific preferences and interests. This is a great way to use ChatGPT. Let's say you've got a podcast with an author and your podcast is about how to sell more books. It is designed for brand new authors who want to sell more books. One of the things that I would do if you're coming in as a host and you're not really familiar with selling books or the issues that a new author might face to sell books, I would go to ChatGPT and say, hey, I'm a podcaster. I'm interviewing an author about selling books. I want you to think like a new author who hasn't sold any books and give me a list of questions that you might have about the things that you need to know and are curious about regarding selling books. He'll crank out a list of questions. You can ask those questions. ChatGPT is great for something like this. Not that you couldn't do it yourself. Not that you can completely remove yourself from the process. You have to know what to input into ChatGPT before it will output what you need it to. So it's not replacing you, but it is a powerful tool. It'll get you outside of your head, outside of your limited experience and start thinking like other people. Number seven, use AI to repurpose old articles of your podcast by generating new episode notes or articles, breathing new life into old content. This is something that I talked about with Cody. This is going to be coming up in an upcoming episode of Build a Big Podcast. By the way, side note on this, if you're not already subscribed, 
This is how to do it. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. That will make sure that you do not miss this upcoming episode. Founder of Swell AI. He has seen a lot of people having success by running their catalog of podcasts through Swell AI. As I mentioned, 1,900 to 2,100 word article per episode. You can take that article, put it in your episode notes. Of course, you'll want to rewrite it a little bit, edit it, make sure it's accurate. But it's pretty accurate. The new AI models, amazing. Attach that to your old episode notes. Google sees it, knows that it's been updated. You've got all this extra data on your webpage now. Boom. New traffic coming to an old episode. You want the full list written out? More thoughts? I've got it. It's linked. Newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Six steps to get guests to promote your podcast. Mingyang Fogarty. She's got an award-winning podcast, Grammar Girl, Quick and Dirty Tips for Better Writing. Side note, you know I'm an author. I've got a book. You know this? It's called Big Podcast. You can look it up on Amazon. A couple books on podcasting, actually. Anyway, Mingyang's got a great book about quick and dirty writing tips. If you're an author, I highly recommend it. If you're just interested in grammar, all those responses that you're delivering via Twitter, those personal responses, not just the canned ones, you're going to find what she says about writing very helpful. And she's got a very successful podcast, the one I just mentioned, Grammar Girl, Quick and Dirty Tips for Better Writing. You're going to like that too. Min Young's just like us. She's got a podcast. Sometimes she appears on other podcasts. She was on one called She Built This. She had such a great experience with She Built This. Emily Aborn is the host that she wrote about the experience of what Emily is doing to make it easy for her guests to share their interviews on social media. Here are the big takeaways. You can do these for your guests that appear on your podcast. Number one, give your guests a heads up before the show is released. If you're like me, you do an interview, you're going to edit it. It's going to take a minute to get it out before it's released. I mentioned the upcoming interview with Cody. The interview has been done. It just hasn't been released. What you do here, you go to that guest. Hey, Cody. I've got your interview coming out Thursday. Be ready. You do the same thing. Give your guest a heads up before the show is released. That's another touch point that you've got with your guest because your guest might have forgotten about it. Your guest might be doing 10, 20, 30 interviews. Who knows? Maybe more. It just says, hey, I haven't forgotten you. I've got that episode coming out. Heads up. And that gives those guests an opportunity to look for it, possibly promote it. Number two, when you do that, include a custom image for your guests to use on social media. For example, this episode with Cody how podcasters can use AI to promote their podcast, featuring Cody from Swell AI. Custom image, I give it to him, and that makes it very easy for him to turn around, take all the content that I've written, and take that graphic, share that on his social media channel, share that via email, share it however he wants to. It simply makes it easy so he doesn't have to come up with his own custom graphic, or even the title, or even the third thing that Emily's doing, including text your guests can use in social media posts. I talked about Swell AI. I talked about Cast Magic. That is what these tools do. You upload your podcast to these AI programs. It will spit these things out automatically. The text you can use for your guests to share in social media posts. Number four, include the link you want your guests to use when sharing. Don't leave it up to chance. If you've got a bunch of Android users, maybe you've got an Android podcast. The last place you want to send those people is Apple Podcasts. Have your guests send people where you want those people to go, where they're going to have the best experience. My suggestion, 
send them to your own site. Have a web player there where somebody can hear via the web and have subscription links, one for Apple, one for Android, where if those people like what they hear on the web, they can take that podcast experience to their phones and listen to you elsewhere. Number five, include your social media handles. This takes it back to the very first thing I was talking about, engaging with your audience. How do you do that? I like to do it via Twitter, 280 characters. It makes it very easy. You've got questions about this episode. Reach out to David on Twitter. Let them know exactly how to reach you. Number six, tag your guest when you share the show on release day. Again, all this stuff is happening before the release day. You're letting the person know, hey, this is coming up. Here's how to share it. By tagging them on release day with all the things that you're sharing yourself, it is yet another reminder, another touch point with your guest. Hey, this thing is out. Hint, hint, hint. Maybe you can share these things with your audience. Bottom line, make it as easy as possible for your guest to share the episode that you did together. Easy, right? You may be thinking, tell me something I don't know. All right, fair enough. But very few people do this. This is why we have flight checks. This is why we have standard operating procedures. It's easy to do it. It's easy not to do it. I want you to do it. The full list you can follow, copy, paste, write down, put it on a post-it note on your monitor, follow every single time. It is linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Also, if you want a template of what Emily is doing exactly, these different elements we're talking about, the social media posts, the graphics, what she did for Grammar Girl, that is also linked. You can get that full article, the links, everything. Newsletter.bigpodcast.com. You want to see something scary? Speaking of Rock and Pod, <laughs> this is pre-Rock and Pod when I wrote this newsletter. I have a photo of the empty room that we were in, and it is scary. It was a huge, huge room. I was right next to the sign that the fire marshal put up that showed the capacity of the room. 2309, 2,309 people is what this venue could hold safely. That's a lot of people. And anybody who's ever produced a live event knows how scary seeing an empty room, especially an empty room that big is. Funny story, I was in Memphis a few months ago with my wife, and I took her by a venue where I used to play. I did full band stuff for a while. That's how I started. But eventually, you can relate to this as a podcaster. <laughs> you have personnel changes. <laughs> okay, you're the singer now. You're the host now. You're the editor now. And eventually, you get to that point as a musician where everybody drops out on you, just like a guest falls through with you. So, okay, we're doing a monologue now. So there was a time when I was doing some solo acoustic shows and I took her by a venue where I was doing these solo acoustic shows and we walked in and she says, oh, it's small. And I looked at it and I thought, man, it's small. (laughs) It didn't appear that way to me at the time though, because I was having to sell tickets. I was having to bring people out and even a small room can seem massive when it's empty. So let's say the thing held 50 people. I don't know. That seemed like a lot to me at the time. And that was my point for bringing this up. Since that time, about 30 years, I've done 1,500 live events, small room house events, 
to week-long conferences that took over entire hotels. The fear of an empty room never goes away completely, but it does get better. Almost like getting used to self-employment, not having a job, doing your own thing. You understand that there are ups and there are downs. Sometimes the wave comes through. Sometimes you catch the wave. Sometimes you get hit by the wave or you've got still waters. A lot of things can happen when you do a live event. I mentioned this in the newsletter to say that live events are where you really connect with people. And taking it back to my experience at Rockin' Pod this year, you know, it's weird. I haven't done a whole lot of events in the last three years since COVID broke out. And you forget almost what it is like to have those one-on-one connections with people when you're not doing them all the time. I mean, I'm not saying I haven't done anything. I've done, I don't know, two or three speaking events, but there was a time when I was on the road, I don't know, big events. I'm talking big events. I'm talking about those things that took over entire hotels, multiple clubs, a lot of music business events. And I was doing those, I don't know, every four to six weeks, they were pretty common because I had my own. And in between my own, every four to six weeks, I was traveling to the others. I was doing that because a lot of good things can happen when you do a live event. The good certainly outweighs the bad. With that said, you can lose a lot of money at a live event, so don't get over your head. (laughs) Start small. That 50-room coffee shop, you know, (laughs) maybe that's your capacity. What I used to say in the music business is, you only sell a venue out once. At that point, you move to the next venue. But when you start, you know, 50, 100 people, That's the way to do it. If you're wanting to do a live event, do reach out to me. You can do it via Twitter. I promise you I will not give you a canned response. I think that live events are the way to go. Certainly you want to be safe right now. It is a crazy time still when it comes to doing live events. A lot of people are scared about traveling. A lot of people don't want to get into these intense, close situations. Certainly a weird economy right now. That affects things. It's not as easy to travel as it used to be. There are a million reasons not to do a live event but there are a million reasons to do one. If you want to see a picture of this venue, more thoughts on it, I've got everything linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Going to Rock and Pod has me thinking about doing more events for podcasters. If you've got thoughts on what you would like to see, go check out this information that I've got, newsletter.bigpodcast.com, and do reach out to me. You can do that through bigpodcast.com. You can do that through all social media channels, however you want to, man. But give me your thoughts on it. What would you like to see in a live event for podcasters? My brain's turning, man. I'm fired up. Had a good experience at Rockin' Pod. I'm looking at expanding on this a little bit more into the business of podcasting. So do reach out and let me know what you would like to see. Cast Magic, automated episode notes and more. Been talking about this throughout the episode. If you want to turn your podcast audio into ready-to-use content, including automated episode notes and all the things that I was talking about that Emily's doing to get guests to share your episode, you can do it in a matter of minutes using AI. And Cast Magic may be just what you were looking for. You upload an MP3 of your podcast. Here's what you will get back. These are the basic outputs that you're going to get for every single thing you upload. You're going to get a transcript. And that works with multiple speakers. If you've got an interview podcast, don't worry about it. They got you covered. Five episode title variations. You get speaker bios, episode introductions for blogs and social media, time-stamped overviews, topic list and bullets from the episode. You get quotes, a LinkedIn post, a newsletter about the episode, you get an in-depth Twitter thread. Pretty amazing, right? And what would you expect to pay for something like that? Well, right now, only $39. 
it's worth a punt. Take a look at it. There's a money-back guarantee. I've got it linked, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. I think you will find it worth your while. Let's talk about bad guest pitches. Had somebody reach out to me with a guest pitch last week. It was for a podcast that no longer exists. (laughs) This was the big promise that was made in that pitch. We're happy to co-promote shows aired to 100,000 email subscribers, 25,000 social media followers. Here's what I'm curious about. Would that offer, having somebody share your episode with 100,000 email subscribers and 25,000 social media followers, would that make you any more likely to bring that guest on your podcast? Would you even trust that a guest would actually follow through on those things? Because that seems like a huge promise to me. Every single episode that that person does, they're putting it out to the mailing list. Seems like a big deal to me. Seems like a good opportunity, certainly. And let's say these guys actually do that. They actually put the episode that they recorded with you into a newsletter that goes out to 100,000 people. They're doing it for everybody. Do you think your episode is going to stand out more than any other interview that they did with somebody else? Something to think about. That is something to think about. That is one reason for you not to do the same old interview when you have a guest. You want to stand out with that guest? You want to stand out with the fans of that guest so it's not the same thing they already heard? There's no reason for them to hear yours if they've already heard that done by somebody else. You got to do something different, man. This is another reason for you to edit your guest. Make your guest sound great. Post-processing, man. Run them through a compressor. Do something. Make them sound like professionals. That's what you do after the fact. Before the fact, you've got to do your research. Look into what they're doing. Know what you're getting into. I'll give you a funny story my wife told me. (laughs) I'm not going to say this guy's name, but he's a famous rock musician. He, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Famous rock musician. When you get to be a person of my age, he's probably 50 something, let's say. Always wears a hat. It's got long hair. And she's got to do his hair. She's the makeup artist and the hairdresser. Whatever. She's getting ready for a photo shoot. She does her research. What colors the person's hair naturally? Am I going to need to color it? Do they have any kind of extensions? What am I working with? That's basically what she's trying to do. Much like you interviewing somebody. What do I got to work with? She's doing research. She finds these images online. Again, he's always wearing a hat. And there are these images that he's not wearing the hat, completely bald up top, all the hair from the sides on down. (laughs) So it's like, whatever, male pattern baldness, but he's let it go. It's, It's hanging down, the hat covers the top. And this is what she thinks she's getting into. And whenever you're working with a celebrity client, Some people do this. I don't do this. I mean, I'm interviewing them just like I know them. And I look at us as being in the same game. I'm trying to help you. You're trying to help me. We're doing something together. We're working on something together. But anyway, some people do something where maybe they approach the talent as I'm below you. I've got to be sensitive or I've got to walk on eggshells or something like that. I think what she was trying to do was be respectful to this person. And he's wearing a hat. And she's got to do makeup on him. She's got to do his hair. And she said, Mr. Jones, 
not his real name. Mr. Jones, would you mind removing your hat? And this guy's kind of curmudgeonly, old, grumpy. One of these dudes has kind of got a reputation for not being really easy to work with. And like his reputation, he's kind of curmudgeonly. And she's nervous because she's seen these images and he's completely bald on top. This guy's kind of curmudgeonly could be an awkward thing. Obviously more comfortable with a hat than not could be a weird thing. He removes his hat, full head of hair. (laughs) Not weird at all. Sometimes your research is bad. That's a lesson. Still got to do it though. Not only with the person, with a pre-call hopefully, but with people who work with the person. That's how you get the real info. And that is how you have a great experience for the guest. You do the work during the podcast, during the interview, obviously. You show up, you're excited, you bring the energy, you do the work for with the research, and then you do the post work, making them sound good, compression, editing, everything that you can. And then... Let's go back to what Emily was doing, sending those six tips to get a guest to share your episode. Regardless of whether they promise it, throw everything out there and make it easy for them to do that. Use these tools like Cast Magic, Swell AI. Give them the tools that they need to share your episode in the way that you want that episode to be shared. Take control of your media. Do not just leave it up to them. We don't know what this dude is doing. 100,000 email subscribers, he's sharing it. In the very littlest way possible, probably, you're there with 10 other interviews that he's done that week. What you want to do is give them all the information. They can just copy, paste, edit, give you a little bit more real estate in that newsletter, but also give them that audio that they're going to be proud about, something that makes them sound good. Give them a memorable experience of showing up, being prepared, having that report from the pre-call, having that research down so you can ask them the questions that they've never been asked, been wanting to be asked that are exciting to your audience, exciting to their audience, and go deeper than the general questions they've been asked by every other podcaster. This is the issue that we face as podcasters. What are you doing with your podcast research? Sometimes it's listening to other podcasts with other interviews that that guest has done. You don't think everybody else is doing that too? That's how you get the same question after same question after same question being asked and you get the same interview. And that's what I talked about earlier. Why is somebody going to listen to your podcast when they can go listen to somebody else's podcast or they already have listened to somebody else's podcast that was the exact same interview that you got? Don't do that. Do better. More information about this, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Some classified ads for you. I've talked about Swell AI. This is an alternative to Cast Magic that I've been talking about. People are asking, what's the difference it gets back to that long form article, 2000 word article, roughly you know, 1900, 2100 words that you can use for your blog, Medium, LinkedIn. It's going to help you rejuvenate those old episodes. Swell AI does it automatically. They do it from your audio. So all you've got to do is upload your audio. Very easy. It's going to give you that long form article. That's about exactly what you talked about. Also, all the social media stuff that I talked about that's so important, the timestamps that you need for your episode notes. It makes all the post-episode work that you need to do so easy. Swell AI, I've got it linked. Newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Mail timer. Customized countdown timers for emails, websites. These are going to boost your sales, boost your conversion, boost your click-through rates. Talked about letting people know ahead of time that your episode is coming out. Hey, the episode's coming out Thursday. Countdown timer. That gets people thinking. It gets them to take action. You know how that is. How many times have you been on a sales page? You've seen that countdown timer. Well, 
maybe I ought to take action. People can do that with your episode as well. Mail Timer makes it easy. I've got it linked, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Thank you for listening to Build a Big Podcast. If you want to make sure that you never miss an episode, including more about AI with Cody from Swell AI, I've got an easy one-click way to make sure that it lands in your queue, lands in your player the moment it is released so you can listen to it right away. And this is what it is. Go to bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. I've got three buttons for you. You pick the one that most resembles the phone that you use or the way that you listen to podcasts. I've got one for Apple Podcast, iPhone button. I've got an Android button for you. I've got the RSS feed if you're old school. And if you want the bonus, super cool, modern technology way to do this thing, I've got a QR code there. Pull out your phone, scan the QR code, and by the magic of the internet, this podcast, Build a Big Podcast, goes directly to your phone. You're subscribed to it with one click. You get the latest episodes as they are released. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. Again, thank you so much for listening to Build a Big Podcast. The links to everything that I talked about today at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. I will see you on the next episode.